Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Welcome to the Woodland Life Center. We're glad you're here. Let's all stand together and sing. this morning and uh, we just want to say welcome to all of our viewers online as well we're grateful that you uh, are joining us that way today I've got a couple of announcements for us this morning and the first one is about a mission trip meeting to Gambella and that is going to be on January the 27th uh, so Gambella Africa Pastor Brian and uh, George and uh, Pastor Michael that's come they all went to uh, Gambella last summer and they're gonna go back again this summer and they would like a uh, lot more people to join them this year and so if you are interested in doing that there's going to be a meeting January 27th right here in this room right after our worship service that morning all right um, and so they'll discuss details and and everything about that so even if you're just somewhat interested but not convinced you want to go please just hang around and, and join them for that meeting and you'll learn as much about that trip as possible. Um, the next thing that we've got going on here in a couple of weeks, the beginning of February, we're going to have a leadership conference. 
uh, led by Pastor Greg White. Um, and that is going to be the first Saturday in February. And that will be 9 to 11. All right. So if you would like to come, anybody can come. You can come join and just uh, develop your own leadership skills. And uh, Pastor Greg would love to have you there and uh, be a part of that. All right. And then uh, lastly, I just want to direct you all to our website for any of our just weekly events that we've got going on. Um, you can check that out and, and just see everything that we have going on. And because there's so many things, I just can't stand here and tell you everything that goes on during the week. So if you'll check out our website and see all of those great events and small groups and um, just sporting events that we do in the gym here. We've got a little bit of everything. So go to our website and check that out, and we would love for you to join and participate in one of those groups, all right? Let us continue worshiping together this morning.
tongues of men and angels, knew all the words to say. I couldn't tell you how great you are, how thankful I am for your work on the cross, for being the God that never gets tired, doesn't slumber or sleep. Young men grow weary and faint, but you never. I thank you that in the middle of the night, you're still the everlasting Father. When things are going great, you are the everlasting God. When things couldn't be any worse, you are the everlasting God, the mighty God of all the universe. We give ourselves to you today, Father. We turn our hearts to you. We lavish our love and our praise on you because you alone are worthy. There is no other God but you. We worship you today, Father.
cornerstone. Well, a cornerstone is Jesus is the cornerstone of our lives. And he should be. He's a stone set in a certain place. And it's the guideline for building the rest of the structure. Our structure is our life. And if the cornerstone is not set correctly, the rest of the structure is off. It's not placed correctly. It's not level. It's not straight. It's not plumb. It's not true. Let us be true.
as many of you know, I am moving to Tennessee, to Nashville. I realized God was calling me back in November, and ever since then, it's been like confirmation over and over again, just putting the pieces together and realizing the pieces that God is putting together to lead me there. And I drive out uh, tomorrow, Monday. I'll be driving on Monday and Tuesday, and then see what God does.
we want to take a little time this morning to pray over Caleb and pray with Caleb. Now, I don't know what it is about Nashville, but we were sending missionaries to that place. They must really need Jesus there. And uh, so, Caleb, we, we want to we wanna pray over you today. So if you want to set your guitar down for a minute and I want to invite you just to come and kneel right here and I see Caleb's family if you guys would come up and come around him as well and no, I want you to just kneel right here there you go and anybody else that wants to come and surround Caleb and pray over him and, it, and, and, and there may be other folks here that just need a special time of prayer we want to open these up as altars today if you've got a need a burden uh, something that you're wanting to just really bring before the Lord in a sacrificial offering of prayer we, we want to invite you to be able to do that as well Caleb was born in Nashville mom just said so he's going home going home Jesus, as, as Caleb was helping lead that last song for us, we could tell that that was his testimony. You've got a calling on his life. It's something that he has been working through and processing and wrestling with for years. And we have been coming around him and, and praying with him and, and fanning it into flame got a higher purpose for him and we've most of us in here have have heard his life story he's a walking and talking miracle this young man is but as we pray over him now we ask that you will surround him with your presence and empower him with your Holy Spirit to accomplish whatever it is that you are setting him out to do. Maybe Nashville is just the launching point. I'm asking Holy Spirit that you will embed in him your music and your words your melodies that you'll fill him with things that will pour out of him and spill over to the world that he will infect the rest of us with your love and your grace and understanding of your mercy go before him Clothe him with a cloak of humility, Lord. As he moves himself into a place where it can be dog eat dog, that he will do it differently. And that he can show the music industry how the love of God can just pour through the humble. I thank you for his family. 
the support system that he has had here and I pray that he will carry that with him uh, that he will know that it's not just the Miller family here that is loving him but there is a church family an entire community that is loving him and supporting him I think about the, the mission of our church we we want people to experience the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. And that's what's happening here in Caleb's life. He's a testimony to what our mission is all about. As he steps into this and walks it out, may he just continue to experience uh, open doors and your blessing and your protection all over him. And as I'm praying that for him, I, I, I really pray that for all of us, that we will all step into that reality. We all want to know your good and pleasing and perfect will. And there are higher purposes for all of us. That doesn't mean that we all have to move. It doesn't mean that we all have to even change our jobs but there are higher purposes that, that you have for us inside of our normal. Regardless of where we live or work, live and breathe, give us all that mindset and that passion and, and that desire to know you and follow you in all things. We are your people called by your name. and We humble ourselves before you today invade this space with your presence and it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen Caleb, we're going to miss you around here. You have really ministered to us over these years, and we thank you for that. Let's, yeah, let's. Nashville gets another good one. We're just going to keep sending these missionaries out. We're going to let, let the world know what's happening here in Woodland Park. It's a good thing. I, I want to invite our ushers to to join us up front. We want to continue our time of worship through giving. What a blessing it is to be able to give. I'm going to say a prayer over that, but I want to remind our kids that, that your offering jar is open here as well for you. Um, and when the ushers start moving, you can move in this direction and put your money in here and and then you can gather at the back here because you're going to head out with, with Pastor Sarah, actually, and, and have a great time in children's church together. Jesus, you are our provider. Your sustaining grace is on us, and your provision is the fruit of that. We celebrate all that you have accomplished, not just in this church family, but in our individual family units here. 
And we celebrate in advance what you're going to do. So take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it. Multiply it. Accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church with it, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. So in a couple of weeks, uh, first Sunday of February, I want to remind us that we're going to launch our longest sermon series yet, and it's going to last all the way through the end of November, okay? It's going to take up the course of this entire year, pretty much, excluding January this month and this next Christmas that's ahead of us. The goal of this sermon series is for us to, as best as we can, walk all the way through from, from Genesis to Revelation, all of Scripture. We're going to kind of pull the microscope back a little bit, and, and, and our hope is by the end of this year, we all have a really good grasp on the story of God, this, this wonderful Thing that he has given us and um, I, I'm reminding us of this today and, I, and I'll repeat it again next week because my hope is that you will you will um, be as committed to regular attendance as possible this year just so that you can um, join us in this journey I think it's going to help us not only understand the story of God better generally speaking but we're going we're gonna to be able to talk through the different kinds of literature that we run into in Scripture so that in your personal study, whatever passage you're in, hopefully you will have the more tools in place to really dig and understand uh, what it is that you're reading, okay? Uh, I don't want to go into all of that now. That, that's, that's for information that is yet to come. But that's going to begin the first Sunday of February, and like I said, it'll carry us through most of the year. But today, I want to invite you to join me in Scripture. going to be the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. If you brought your Bible or your phone, you could, I'm sure, look it up there too. Luke, chapter 6. And we're going to begin the reading at verse 12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12, and here's what it says. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the whole night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he designated, he also designated as apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, 
Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, and also Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Let's just pause there for a moment. Uh, as, as most of you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big sports fan. I, I love watching sports, and um, especially our, our, our Colorado teams. Um, I, I support them all the way. Um, we're, we're, you know, as far as my main two, which are the Denver Broncos and the Colorado Rockies, I'm in off-season on both of those right now. So I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just itching for something to show up that I can really start rooting for, okay? I'm in between seasons here. But it's fascinating to me with, with Major League Baseball, let's just talk about the Rockies for a moment. When they're, when they're building their teams, um... I'm sure you know this, but there, there's way more to, to the Colorado Rockies organization than what you see on the field on game day. There is an entire farm system that is built up and, and supports the, the, the Colorado Rockies. There's triple A, and there's double A, and there's single A, and there's, I think there's like five layers of, 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 of baseball that's going on across the country that is underneath the organization or the umbrella of the Colorado Rockies organization. And these players that are on these bottom levels, they're, they're fighting their way for, uh, for position to be able to move up a level and move up a level and move up another level, hopefully someday making it to the show. And these guys that are managing the Colorado Rockies have, have an enormous task of of putting together every year the best possible team that the Colorado Rockies can put together and have on the field for the chance for us to not just make it to the World Series, but finally someday win one. We'd even like to just win one game in a World Series. We don't think we've even experienced that yet. That is, that, that's what it takes, though, to to create this thing. So when you turn on baseball or you, you know, on the TV or, or on the radio or you actually make the drive to go to a game, there's a whole lot that's gone into formulating, putting together the team that's on the field on any given day. Jesus is building his team here. Now it's interesting, there's, there's a distinction in verse 13, he says, when, when morning came, he called his disciples to join him, and then he chose 12 out of them. So understand that there's a, there's a larger group than just the 12 in this picture here. There's a larger group than just the 12 following Jesus at, the, at this time. We have no idea. Is it a couple of dozen? Are we in the hundreds? We, thousands? We... we we truly don't know how many disciples, and let's just say to, to distinguish a, a disciple from an apostle, let's explain that. Disciples are people that, that follow, okay? In this case, it's following Jesus. Those that have chosen to follow him around. There's a distinction, though, with this word apostle. He chooses 12 out of this group. And they sort of become his major league team. 
the team that he's really putting on the field right, right off the bat here. And these are known as apostles. Now, for us today, this is important because it's these guys, and as far as we know, okay, what Scripture is telling us was just men in the beginning here, okay, uh, as, as apostles. And these guys were set apart from even the rest of the group that's following Jesus to help lead and basically really help affect carrying the word beyond Jesus' life here on earth. Now imagine for a second, and this is hard to do, but imagine for a second if Jesus had not chosen to build a team. What if he had just done his journey, his, his three and a half years or so of ministry on his own, accomplishing all these miracles, accomplishing all these teaching points, even finding a way to die on the cross without a betrayer, Judas, if he had done all that without having built a team, probably, most likely, the story would have never gotten beyond that first generation. Most likely, the story never would have gone beyond those that had, had eyewitnessed what had taken place. He would have just been another random historical figure somewhere in Jewish history. And it would have been not much more than that. Instead, he builds a team and he brings these apostles around him, empowers them uh, with, with leadership. And after his death and resurrection, it's these guys that, that keeps the group going. They don't just keep the group going, but they, they develop this thing called Christianity. An understanding of how Jesus was the Messiah that that the Jews were waiting for all these years, accomplished what he accomplished, and, and wants to pour out on the earth all of this good news about what he did by dying on the cross for the sins of mankind. I'm reminding us today that without the team, you and I would not be sitting here. I am convinced of that. You and I on the other side of this world would know nothing about the person of Jesus. We're sitting here today because of the fruit of the labors of the team that God put together. Just walk through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and you'll see what this team accomplished and how the word of God began to spread, not just in their region, but ultimately across the world. And here we are today, reading about these guys. Now, I'm sure that if, if Jesus had sought counsel, if Jesus had pulled a group, a group of advisors together to help him build his team, uh, he, he probably would have had some rejections inside of his, his advisors. 
whoa, whoa, wait, wait, you're bringing that name to the table? Hold on a second, let's talk about this guy. He's a tax collector. Jesus, this is not the kind of person that you want on your team. Whoa, whoa, wait a second, Jesus, let's talk about Thomas here for a minute. It's, it's pretty well known that he, he's a skeptic. And I'm not sure that you want that kind of um, negative uh, thought on, on, on your main team, Jesus. Surely there's somebody that's better qualified for this. Whoa, wait a second, Jesus. Peter, James, and John are fishermen, okay? Fishermen. Now, they're really good at what they do. Their, their family businesses are, are successful. Um, we know that, but, I mean, shouldn't you, shouldn't you be looking to the, the temple area and, and plucking some guys, some quality guys out of there to, to build your team? I mean, Jesus, this, this, is, this is not even a good average team that you're pulling together here. From, from, from our grading scale, you're, you're hitting below average here. You're not putting the best team on the... These guys haven't even got out of single A ball yet, okay? I mean, look at this list. It's fascinating to me that out of however many people that were considered his disciples, considered his followers at this time, he says, I want you, you, two, you, you. And he pulls this group together. He even pulls a guy close to his side that he knows will be the one just a few years down the road that will turn him over to the authorities and force him into suffering and death. But this is his A team. This is what he brings to the field. And he begins to train them and he begins to equip them, and there are a number of conversations. That, there are even times where out of the 12, he'll pull two or three out and have even more private conversations and more empowerment to them. You see, he's, he, he, he doesn't just pick his team, but he, he builds it. He's building them up, and he's building them up. Now, I did a little digging um, on the word apostle, I'd never done that before because I just always had the assumption that I really knew what the word apostle, what it, what it referenced, what it meant. But I did a little bit of digging on it, and I found something out about this word that I didn't know. This Greek word apostolos, apostle, as we call it, really means one who is sent. That, that's the literal definition of of this word and one one who is sent and as you think about the journey of of these 12 apostles it totally makes sense to call them that but really 
it, what's interesting is that what this word really is communicating is the word ambassador. That, that would be the best word that we could use to describe what apostle mean, means. Ambassador. We have many ambassadors that represent us, the United States of America, in, very, in, in most of the countries. I don't know if we have one in all of them, but I, for sure most of them. We have an ambassador, one who is us, that we send over to them, and they represent us. They are our mouthpiece. They, they show them who we are and what we are about. They communicate the doctrine of us. That is the role of the ambassador. That ultimately, it describes, defines what the word apostle is. Now, with that in mind, Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And listen to this. We're going to start the reading. What verse did I pick, Doug? 17? Okay. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God Paul and by the way Paul is considered an apostle he's not in that original 12 list in case you were wondering in fact there's two apostles that are not considered or not included in that original 12 list. When Judas betrays Jesus, Jesus dies and raises from the dead, and then a few weeks later ascends into heaven, Peter brings the disciples together and says, "We, because Judas uh, killed himself out of distraught over what he had done. So Acts chapter 1, you can see it. Peter pulls everybody together and says, we've got to replace Judas. There needs to be 12. And so they raised up Matthias, and he replaces Judas. But then you fast forward through Acts, and you see that Jesus intersects this guy named Saul's life, who becomes known as Paul. And Paul becomes an apostle. He is first-hand knowledge, first-hand experience directly from Jesus, just like the other apostles, and that's how we distinguish them. So we have 14 men in all of Christian history that are called apostles, and that's it. And then after that first generation, no more are called apostles. So just 14 of them, 12 original, two added later. Paul is the one writing this letter the second letter to the corinthians and he's explaining something 
about us. Those who have believed in Jesus, you have experienced something called reconciliation. You have been reconciled to God. If you have said yes to Jesus' plan, if you have accepted his forgiveness in your life and repented of your sin and, and, and call yourself a believer, you have been reconciled. What was not reconciled before is now reconciled. In other words, when the, when the time comes for all men to stand at, at, in front of the judgment seat and, and the, the sheep and the goats are going to be separated out, we're going to be counted as sheep because we have been reconciled through the blood of Jesus. Only by the grace of Jesus are we reconciled. And he's like, so therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. You have been recreated, not just reconciled, but transformed, recreated, made new. You should be experiencing that in your life. If you're not experiencing newness in your life, something is not reconciled correctly. We can get that fixed. Just simple prayer. Just getting things right with Jesus. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God. In other words, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that started it. He's the one that finished it. He's the one that's accomplishing it. It's not through our own works. It's not through our own efforts. It's only by the grace of, of Jesus offered to us that we are justified, rectified, reconciled. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So in other words, there's more to the purpose of being reconciled. We then turn around and we become ministers of this thing called reconciliation. That's exactly what the apostles did. They, they became ministers of this thing, of, 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 the, of the reconciliation process showing people what jesus did who he is what he accomplished and what he wants to do in in their lives and and that began to spread that's what the ministry of reconciliation that's the fruit of that that god was reconciling the world to himself not just jews but us gentiles as well That God was reconciled to the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And if you're happy about that, say amen. Oh, come on, there's more than a few that are happy about that. If you're happy that your sins are not going to be counted against you, say amen. I'm really glad that you're glad about that. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore his ambassadors. It's that same word. A little bit different, but it's the same root showing up in this word. Here, here's my point today. I just think this is really cool. God is still building his team. He's still building his team. 
Now, you may feel about yourself that you haven't even gotten out of the, the double-A division yet. Maybe that's how you feel about you today. But I want you to know that's not how Jesus feels about you. If you have been reconciled to him, I want you to know that you, <laughs> you're in the major leagues. He's putting you on the field in the big game. You're in the show. We've just read here that, that for those of us that have been reconciled to God through Christ are, are made reconcilers, ambassadors. Man, that's, that, that's still you and I. I don't know how I can get more excited about this. That, there's real purpose in who you are. There's real purpose in your gifts, real purpose in your talents, real purpose in your abilities, and there can and should be real purpose in who you are in the space that you are in. It's just like what I was praying over Caleb earlier. As, as, as I started, as I moved that prayer over us, the reality is that's the truth about all of us. Your workspace, the here and the now, where you're headed tomorrow, for instance, for work, or maybe later today, you are a major part of God's major league team in that space at that time. Maybe walking into this space today, you didn't view yourself that way at all. Maybe coming into this space, you minimized every aspect of who you are, including your hiccups and your failures and your faults. But there, are, there is a redeeming grace that is poured out in those of us that are reconciled, that even overcomes our inequities and our inabilities, and they become redeemable. Just look at the, look at the team he picked. Peter, the main guy, at one point, when Jesus is turning towards the cross where he's, he's taking steps and he's, he's making it known. This is the direction I'm headed, guys. I'm, I'm giving you fair warning. This is where I'm headed. Peter steps in front of him and says, eh-eh, we're not going to let that happen. And you know what Jesus says? He says, get behind me, Satan. See, we don't have to have it all together. And we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to be 
empowered and embedded with all of the knowledge and the wisdom. And we don't, we don't even have to understand the difference between this Paul and that Paul, okay? Now, maybe by the end of this year, some of that will be resolved for you, okay? You'll, you'll, you'll hopefully be empowered with more knowledge and more understanding. That's, that's our goal around here. But I'm telling you that even if you don't understand the difference between this Joseph and that Joseph, you're still an ambassador, a, a member of the team that is the, functioning with doing the ministry of reconciliation that is you and I. That is ultimately an amazing testimony to the grace of the Almighty at work here. I think he should be applauded for that. Jesus, we're in awe of you today. And we're in awe of <laughs> this, this decision, this set of decisions that you made, this weird group of men that you pulled together to start building your team. And the truth is, from there, it just got weirder. Because the truth is, you were inviting everybody, anybody and everybody that would say yes to you, anybody and everybody that would choose to believe in you as a Messiah and accept your forgiveness and experience your reconciliation work. They were invited to the field, to the team, a participant in the ministry of reconciliation they were invited to become ambassadors, just like Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Simon, even Matthias, and even Paul. Though we distinguish them in history because they are first generation, because we received from them this story, this truth, this, this doctrine, this reality, because we came to know you because of what they experienced. Yet you have raised us up beyond the minor leagues into the big show because we are embedded with and empowered with the same presence of the Almighty in our lives. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you are in us, and you are filling us, and you are empowering us to be this crazy word called ambassador. And this crazy word is happening through us regardless of how little or how much we know of the Bible. This crazy word called ambassador is happening in us and through us, regardless of how much or how little we pray every day. 
if we have been reconciled to you, we are empowered to be ministers of reconciliation. We are, <laughs> we are your team. And we are overwhelmed right now with that thought, that reality. It's amazing. It's humbling. And so with that truth, we we realize the importance of being the best player on your team that we can possibly be. We realize the importance of not faking it anymore. Whatever training that you need to put us through to make us better, to make us stronger, make us wiser, accomplish your purposes in us so that you can accomplish your purposes through us. Shape us, mold us, train us so we can be the best team that we can be. All started with you and accomplished by you simply because we've said yes to you. And that's in the mighty name of Jesus. We all pray. Everybody said. Everybody that's on the team said. Amen. Hey, why don't you stand with me? Man, that, that just, that excites me at a level that I, I don't know, it just makes me feel ready for whatever the week holds. I hope that you're experiencing that same thing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and may he fill you with his peace and his presence this week. Truly have an amazing one. We'll see you next Sunday. Speaking from the car